Hello everyone, it's Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and welcome to episode 278 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast, and we got the full crew here this week, kicking things off with their owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going this fine Monday, Richard? Hey Seth, doing well? How's it going? Uh, it is going well. We actually have a surprising amount of news to talk about today. We got new sets coming out, we got tournament changes, but before we get to that, we have another co-host in Krim. What's up today, Grim? Morning, Seth. I am so excited for, well, one of those announcements. So I'm a good amount of it. Like you had mentioned, there's a lot of stuff this week, but one of them is going to be great for my EDH deck. <laughs> yeah. So our plan for today, we have a couple of organized play announcements, uh, a Magic Esports announcement, some arena tournament announcements that we wanted to talk about. We have set announcements, uh, multiple set announcements. Double Masters was announced this past week. Some secret lair drops are being announced as we're recording this. So we'll cover all all of that stuff, and then, of course, answer some fish mail at the end. So that's the plan for today. But before we get into it, a reminder that our show today is once again brought to you by Spikes Academy. And Spikes Academy recently launched a new control course with Corey Burkhart. So if you like to make your opponent's life miserable with counter spells and card advantage, this is the perfect course for you. You can check it out now at SpikesAcademy.com and learn from the very best players in the world. So thank you to Spikes Academy for supporting the show. And let's talk some magic Let's start off with organized play stuff. So we had a couple of really big announcements this week. Let's start with uh, the first one and the easy one, I think, to talk about, which is they announced that we are going to be having our first official real money tournament. I think uh, it will be on Magic Arena this coming weekend, actually, the Arena Open. So Arena Open, quick overview before we get into it. It's a two-day event. Day one is best of one standard. Day two is best of three standard. It costs 4,000 gems to enter and or 20,000 gold to enter. On day one, you can rebuy to get back in. You got to go seven wins before you lose three times to make it into day two. And then day two is where things get really interesting. It switches to best of three. You got to go seven and one, essentially. Your second match loss will uh, put you out of the tournament. But if you get all the way up to seven wins, you get $2,000 cash and... Uh, it has gem prizes uh, across the board to uh, 4,000, 6,000, 10,000, 20,000, depending on your number of wins. So what do you all think about the Arena Open uh, in this style of tournament for the first time coming to Magic Arena? So we missed the most important thing, which is play at your own pace. <laughs> so uh, unlike in normal tournaments where you have to wait for everyone to finish the round, uh, this is like normal arena. You just hit next and then you play your next opponent. Then you can take a five hour break and then do the same thing. There is just a uh, window of time in which you need to do it. But uh, play at your own pace is a, is a pretty big deal, I think, because the number one thing stopping me from doing any high level magic tournaments is I don't feel like blocking 12 hours of my time off and like playing magic and then trying to fill the time between rounds with something but it can't be something you know that's too uh time consuming because like your next round can start any minute like you know like the minute you get a sandwich like every control player decides they're they're gonna end the game in like 20 minutes (laughs) and then the minute you're waiting around doing nothing like there's six draws happening right so I, i think play at your own pace is like actually a really big deal and then the other asterisk was uh, select regions, which I don't think they've actually announced it, uh, where you can play this from, uh, because it is involving real money. And I'm, I was actually very surprised this was actually happening. They're not giving you gems. At six and seven wins on day two, you get a cash prize of a thousand or two thousand. 
everything below that is gems. But that means you can make money playing arena, which I don't know how that plays with gambling laws and regional laws and things like that. But there are some asterisks as to who's eligible to participate. Yeah, I have not seen a list of that. Maybe it's out there and I I have missed it. But yeah, I think that is exactly, uh, as you said, uh, a gambling law consideration based on different laws in different uh, locations and countries and so forth. So hopefully most people can actually play. But but yeah, I don't know. Definitely check and make sure that it is available in your area if you're thinking about playing. Uh, What do you think, Grim? Is this something that interests you? Are you going to be jamming the arena open this weekend? Uh, Yes. I, I will definitely because first off, I like the uh, I I like the amount of love that they're showing best of one because best of one is fun. You get a, a a weird like it's it's weird. You get away with a lot more jank in best of one, right? You can kind of like meme around it even even in ranked ladders, right? Like the meta is entirely different. Uh, so for those that aren't exactly the most excited for where standard is right now, uh, I can go to best of one and sort of get away you'll see you'll still see like luca decks and whatnot but uh i i like what best of one brings i'm i also i i think having it like the arena open being pretty like being both best of one and best of three i see what they're going for you know switching between two different formats because i've always looked at best of one as a different format of magic because you know there's always the talk about like is this real magic is it not i mean i i it's just faster games of magic like richard had mentioned i mean uh, richard had mentioned you could play it like at like your own pace which is like huge so i like that and it's faster magic uh and and i don't know it, it's kind of it's kind of easy to just kind of like as weird as it sounds, it, there's a lot going on, but it's kind of easy to pick out what to hate. Like, as long as you can survive, uh, that, then you'll probably do all right in your game. So, like, having a ton of sweepers, interaction, and stuff like that. Uh, like, deck building is way different in Best of One, so I like it. Um, so I, I, I'm pretty excited, just all in all, about this, uh, like, announcement, because then I can, I can now play, like, competitive play on Arena, uh, competitive play is something I've been wanting, and something that isn't, like, we, we don't have spectator mode, but we have been waiting for kind of, like, a tournament kind of mode, in client tournament mode, and I think we finally have that, so, uh, I think it's pretty sweet. How many rebuys? Krim? <laughs> how, <laughs> how many rebuys? How many times are you willing to go, so guaranteed this will be someone's experience they're like best of one yeah but whatever let's go right right <laughs> game one mull the five <laughs> you have the hand smoother game two mull the, the five you have the hand smoother have you Don't. not played best of one I play best of one I mulling it a lot still right really because oh there's no wrong half of my deck though so oh, that's true I, I get the wrong half of my deck quite often right? because like you said there's a hand smoother that balances the, the lands to uh, cards ratio but sometimes you get the wrong half of your deck or, you know, let's say it's, it's very obvious now because you're like, okay, that's like a Yorion across the battlefield. Uh, is this an aggro hand? No, mull, right? Even <laughs> though it's like a playable hand, it's not going to win. So you have to mull down. Uh, so I don't know. I'm worried about the variance and you're probably going to have to rebuy a couple times. So, hmm. I, how much, I, how many gems do we have in our accounts? How much can we burn before <laughs> we're like, ah? <laughs> I I I would give I would limit myself, so I would say like two to three rebuys. That's that's what I would do. I would not do more than that. 
But, but, Krim, on that third rebuy, when you're at six wins, and then you lose the die roll and get run over by Mono Red, are you really going to just walk away from your computer in a chance yes. of qualifying yes. for $2,000 cash prizes? 100% yes, or else I keep going, and then it's a bottomless pit, and it never ends. Like, I, that's, that's the thing, though. If you just prepare... For, like, the aggro decks, I think you can play almost every other game, right? Or, like, every other matchup. <laughs> you can play like, every like, other. <laughs> like, like, like the mid-range game, the control game, like, all of that, like, whatever, right? I could play that, but, like, like, the only deck that really punishes you is an aggro deck. So, as long as my deck can either, A, be faster than an aggro deck, or at least answer and keep, like, you know, interact. Well, I mean, faster than, I mean, that's not happening, but, like... <laughs> yeah, that's like, why I was like, 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 like yeah. really? You're going to play a deck faster than aggro? That doesn't sound like you. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, if I, if I can be... If I can just pretty much stabilize, then that that's all I care about. Because the amount of times where I'm winning in best of one with, like, two life is often. So, <laughs> uh, that that's, that's how I built my decks. And I think that that's... That's the main game plan, right? Like the like with best of one, just can you survive the aggro players? My my game plan is to win seven coin flips. Seven seven <laughs> and, and coin go flips? first seven times in a row <laughs> so you get my seven wins and uh, move on to day two. Cry the Carnarium <laughs> is your best friend in this format, by the way. That and like definitely clear three mana sweepers are key in best of one. I, I feel the overemphasis on aggro. I, like, I don't see it. Maybe I'm too low ranked, but I play a lot of best of one and I do not see aggro that often. It's more or less just always like fires and Luca and Luris and like occasionally you see mono red in there. The, re- the, the reason being is if you win the coin flip and you're mono red, you're like pretty strong. And if your opponent stumbles, they're dead, right? And yeah. then it's a best of one. So people tend to gravitate towards the aggressive decks, but I, 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 it wasn't like a couple seasons ago where everyone was playing mono red. Like I, I still feel yeah. there's a lot of diversity in the format. So I don't know if like going all in on stopping aggro is going to help you because, you know, RNG will pair you up against like four Yorian decks and then you're going to sit there with your Kai <laughs> the Carnariums going, huh? Your hey, zero hey, four hey, wall that, is now that, a zero that, two. <laughs> it kills the omen tokens. It kills the omen tokens. No, like I, I, I also see cat right. So if you're seeing cat decks, cry the carnarium is kind of like amazing mm. against them. Yeah. Yep. So, so like I see a lot of cat. I see mono red. Um, and you know, like there's, there's, it's a whole different meta than what like just best of three standard is. Yes, there's still Luca, but I mean the only ones that sort of kill me immediately are are those decks luca i have a shot as long as you're playing like other <laughs> things so that that's just how i've built my best of one decks and it's been pretty solid i will say uh as far as the tournament itself i'm glad that they're doing real money tournaments on arena like i think that's cool that we have a an open form of competitive play on arena i do think that the the day one model comes across like almost predatory for me like make it best of one give people rebuys and try to get like the degenerate gamblers who just have to make day two to like lose some coin flips and like buy in buy in and buy in and drain as many gems from people as possible so i do i maybe i'm just being too jaded or whatever but i don't know the the day one format i don't see it as like oh that's cool they're playing two formats i see it as like oh that's how wizards is trying to like drain a bunch of money out of people which whatever wizards does have to make money i get that and there are a lot of prizes uh especially with 
potentially a bunch of people winning $2,000 or $1,000 because it's not capped. It's based on how many people actually get to six or seven wins. So theoretically, Wizard is going to be paying out a lot of money, but I don't especially like how the day one format is set up. It seems like it is designed to get that like degenerate gambler player to just like keep spewing, uh, you know, their rent money for the next month to try to qualify for day two. Are you telling me a company that invented loot boxes has predatory <laughs> behavior on people with gambling problems? But I, I do agree with you. I think it should be, you should cap it, right? Because now if you make day two, it's not as big as an achievement, right? It's like, you made day two asterisks after 10 tries, right? Like they should have just had you register once, do the event, and then that's it, kind of like a real Grand Prix. Uh, I, I would like to see if they like, if after eight attempts, you don't make it, you somehow just slot into day two automatically. <laughs> yeah, oh, when, 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 when I was enough. in Japan, you know, you know those like, uh, what are they called? Like the claw games? Where oh, the crane you, games? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was playing and I sunk like $40 trying to get like this bear thing. And then the guy there just comes over and opens the case and gives it to me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, okay, uh, okay, okay. Like I'm going to put an end to your misery. I feel maybe you should do something here because I do see people just incinerating money trying to get the coveted day two and just going forever, right? Like just going forever. And then they tilt and then they keep losing and they tilt some more and they just keep going forever. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm looking at this a little, like it's not going to be that bad. I, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'll check in with you yeah, this weekend. Yeah, yeah, Let me know. I'll let you know at the end of this week uh, if it was that bad or not. But like, for me, Crim it's sells just, his house. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I don't Taking have a some computer anymore. <laughs> I, just need, I just need 2,000 more gems, guys. <laughs> I'm telling you, only three. Only three tries. That's all I'm going to do. But uh, all right, I like that. oh, go ahead, Grim. I, I I I do I do I do like the rebuy part. Maybe I don't know. I it, because I get another chance to like I get to like like give myself a few chances to try, and and probably because I, I speak about it in this way because I plan on trying not exactly the most meta decks. <laughs> and you give yourself three tries. Yeah, I'm giving myself three tries just because I want to. I I just want to see if there's some piles that I could get to get there. Uh, all right, let's move on to our other big OP announcement, which is what's next for Magic Esports in 2020. Which is a uh, an article that came out a few days ago and. It's a long article. There's a lot of like technical information in it. So if you're interested in a full breakdown, uh, definitely check it out. I'll try to link it, uh, in the, in the description if you want to read it. But the, the TLDR is, uh, Magic Esports is moving exclusively to Magic Arena for the time being. So like the players tour events that had been canceled or were upcoming and had been suspended, all that stuff is going to be moved to Arena in one way or another, uh, which means we're going to be seeing a lot of standard. It also means we're going to get to see Historic at a mythical, uh, Mythic Invitational yes. in August, <laughs> which is going to be interesting. Historic's first uh, real time to shine at a major event like that. Uh, the other thing that kind of came out of it was a pretty big prize cut. I think the old system, if you added up 
all the events that were supposed to be taking place and had now been canceled and switched these arena events, it was over $3 million in prizes that were going to be given away. It dropped down to like, I think, $1.1 million for the tournaments Oof. that are actually going to be taking place on arena. So a, a pretty big whack to uh, the prize pool. And the other thing that happened is uh, <laughs> related to this is uh, MTG Hall of Fame bot on Twitter actually uh, leaked this announcement a little bit early. Uh, this is something that came out last Tuesday, I think, and uh, he posted it a few days before that. Apparently, there was a like a Discord server that had all the MPL and Rivals people that were like discussing this stuff with Wizards, and then it leaked out of there, and then got leaked publicly. And just yesterday, MTG Hall of Fame bot ended up getting banned uh, based on leaking that and refusing to give up his sources, essentially, of whoever from that Discord leaked it to him. So that's a an added layer on top of these changes. So what do you guys think about where we're at with organized play, essentially? Oh, well, I mean, I like the historic announcement. Uh, that That's great, first off, uh, because I've been excited to see more uh, more of a light shined on, on historic as a format because I feel like it's... The format's overlooked, right? It's because it's the arena non-rotating format, you know what I mean? And I, but it's actually really fun. Uh, and the historic anthologies like have proven to make it so that the format's kind of like it's different than pioneer it's not modern uh and it, it it's kind of just becoming its own thing so i'm excited for that uh i i you know like it's an unfortunate situation where a lot of the stuff that got canceled now like has to get moved online but you know i'm glad that you know there is still something however the prize cut that's a that's a lot where like would you say 1.1 million as opposed to the 3 million jeez louise that is a lot a huge cut um and i'm yeah i'm not even like not even sure where that like that cut goes right like what happened to it right did it just disappear uh basically there there was some sort of like corporate speak uh announcement posted that said we're uh what's it say here uh, ensuring that we can include as many competitors as possible many players from different regions globally require us to reassess all of our event details including prizes uh, these changes enable us to add an additional uh, season finals as an exclusive event for top finishing players from the player to finals and mythic invitational so basically blah 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 like we're reassessing stuff and that includes prizes was was kind of their take on it which isn't super satisfactory i don't think for me or for most players i was reading on on social media it does it doesn't sound like oh the money is going to this or that other than them saying we added this extra tournament but uh, even including that extra tournament it's still that massive prize cut that we were talking about that's including this extra finals event that they are are adding to the schedule to replace some of the canceled events uh okay <laughs> i i i mean so like i saw that they went back like originally it was like you weren't gonna get a, a fully stocked account so you still had to like get like it's like people that qualified through other means right uh and were also promised like maybe like this would lead into a different like format or, and stuff like that are now forced to move to arena and i mean but they did roll it back and now they're giving out fully stocked accounts 
if I recall. Yeah. Then, and I think that was a good change. I think so. The so the challenge there was uh, the events that people qualified for for uh, the players tour event was paper modern and pioneer events. So yep. some of those players didn't even actually play arena at all, and we're like, wait, so now I have to like buy a whole bunch of arena packs to like build an arena account to play this event that I quali- qualified for thinking it was going to be like a paper modern or pioneer event. But Wizards did in a, you know, actually walk that back and decide that similar to like the, the preview stream events that they could give competitors a, a God account for just the tournament only to be able to participate, which that is, I think a good choice by Wizards. Yeah. That, that was, that was a great call by them. Uh, like I, that, that one, that, that is a change I do like. Um, but I'm still, that's still a little unfortunate that, yeah, once again, like, th- 3 million to 1.1 is, is way too crazy of a cut, uh, but I, I mean, I don't know what else can you do, right? Like, if they're gonna cut that, it's like, well, alright, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, the thing here is I do like, from this announcement, once again, I just like the, the stocked accounts and the historic, uh, like, stuff that's going on. And I do like that there are still some Magic esports events, uh, like kind of a kind of like a an awkward situation, uh, but kind of but like you know like kind of like I, I don't know how they walk away from like some of the these announcements without you know upsetting some people in some of these departments. Like yeah, like moving it from away from the formats that people thought like you know like hey if I qualify through Pioneer and Modern, unfortunately you know we're gonna have to do this on Arena, uh, so it's gonna be something different for you and it's not gonna be like the original formats you were intending to play. But at the same time, at least there's still something. So I think that's the silver lining. I think that's pretty cool. Unfortunately, yeah, it's just a huge prize cut. I think I agree with you guys on most of it. The most exciting thing is Historic being brought to the limelight we're gonna find out if it's a good format or not real quick uh so up until now brewer's paradise no one's playing it it's arena format you can do whatever you want the minute people put serious eyes on it is there like a single degenerate deck that everyone you know congregates around or is it actually a fun and balanced format we're gonna find out real soon so that's super exciting Organized play, uh, I don't know. Organized play is like the legacy of formats, right? Like Wizards keeps it around because they kind of have to, but they don't want to, right? Like you, we saw this earlier with the shift to Mythic Invitationals. Like they would much rather invest in streamers. Streamers bring in more new players. They're like more accessible, things like that. And organized play is kind of this carrot for some people. Like they need their superstars. They need their LSVs and Redukes, but for everyone else, like the top 64 competitor at a Grand Prix or a, uh, a Pro Tour, like they don't really care about you, right? So you can see why they're cutting back the money and they're like trying to invest it in other things, which they feel better about. But I don't, I don't know what we could do because how many times have Magic Pro has been outraged in the last three years, right? Like every X months, there's a change to organized play. Magic Pros are outraged and then they go back and grind. Right. It's the same as players, right? Complain about this product, buy it up all anyway, right? Like, does it matter? Apparently not. So I don't know, aside from an actual boycott or of like big names who are upset about the changes actually stepping away from the game, like nothing is going to happen, right? If, if you go down and the next person comes up and plays, they have a new rising star, right? And then they'll just use that person. So I don't know what to do about this organized play, but I do think it is important. I think one of the, things about magic is we actually have a competitive circuit a big one 
and something someone can aspire to. Uh, but that's still a relatively small percentage of the population, though. So I don't know how they can cater to both, like financially, uh, and then still make it all happen. So I hope the pro scene doesn't go away, but I'm not especially excited given that this is like the second or third year in a row of organized play cuts. Like eventually we're going to be down to like one pro tour. Your your prize is like some like, I don't know, alternate arts on your arena account. Right? <laughs> like, I, I don't know, man. It's not, not, not looking good for organized play. A box of <sighs> the newest set. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of amazing that how stable and good Magic's organized play was for so long, for like a period of like 20 years. I think it, it was one of the better organized play systems out of, uh, you know, other esports and competing games. And then it's been extremely chaotic, I guess, to put it nicely, over the last two or three years with just constant shifts and changes. And I'm someone who keeps up on this because I enjoy it, but also it's like kind of part of my job uh, of like covering Magic and whatnot. And I have a hard time keeping track of everything that's going on in organized play. So I imagine you mentioned like the the gap between competitive players and casual players and how there's not that many uh, competitive players compared to casual players. That gap is probably widening just because I can't imagine that casual players can get their head around what's happening for the most part with organized play over the last couple years. And I will also say the prize cut thing is really bad. Like these are events that people already qualified for on the promise of a certain prize pool. I think that's the part that bothers me the most. If Wizards announced, oh, in 2021, like, you know, we have this pandemic, it was a rough year, next year we're going to have to reevaluate our prizes, or even, like, for the tournaments that people haven't qualified for the end of this year, like, that, it would still be disappointing, and it'll be like, oh, maybe, you know, things aren't going as well as I wish they were, but it kind of makes sense in our current economy and world with everything that's going on with this pandemic. But the fact that they're, like, changing prizes to events that people already bought plane tickets and flew, you know, around the country and stayed in hotels to try to qualify for, that rubs me, that rubs me pretty wrong. And that just feels, I don't know, like almost borderline illegal or something, like false advertising or something. Like, so that's the part I think that bothers me most about it. Like if you got to cut future prizes for events people haven't already qualified for, that sucks, but I get it. Cutting prizes for events that people already spent money qualifying for, ugh, like that, that really strikes me, uh, you know, in the wrong way. Anyway, any other thoughts on, uh, on organized players? Should we talk about some more exciting news as far as new magic cards that are going to be coming out shortly? I, I'm always excited for new magic cards, so. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's start with Double Masters. Uh, we have Double Masters in Secret Lair. Double Masters, that is probably the big surprise announcement. So, Richard, what uh, what happened this week as far as uh, new set announcements? All right, Master Sets coming back featuring Double the Trouble. Two rares, <laughs> two foils per pack. Too Furious. Too Furious. <laughs> August 7th is when it drops. Uh, so basically a master set with like double the, the goodies per pack. And we got a bunch of previews. We got five cards. Uh, we got five cards and they're showcase styles. So uh, the the showcase arts are different. They're uh, the like the full art version, but like a different art on it as well. So we have Doubling Season, Blightsteel Colossus, Atraxa, Kali of the Vast, Mana Crypt. Five mythics revealed so far. 
Oh. Also, before we uh, before we talk about the mythics, worth mentioning. Also, more than double the mythics and the rares in the set. The set's going to have forty mythics and one hundred and twenty-one rares. So, it's almost like mystery booster style, where it has way more of those in an absolute sense compared to past sets. Eve, that's that's so much. Like, I, I wonder, I wonder what that's going to do for like the pricing of the packs too, right? I mean. These are like some crazy five mythics already. Like Blight Steel Colossus and Mana Crypt doubling season. Like like oh man. And like the artwork for the promos are amazing for me. I, I, I really like I mean the only one that I'm not too huge on so far is the the doubling season one, but like everything else has just been absolutely gorgeous. So what does that do for the the price? How expensive do you think this set's gonna be? So it they they were up on Amazon, which is the official retailer of <laughs> Wizards products, uh, 24 packs, uh, two box toppers. So that's one box, $300. Okay. So w- like I'm thinking like the old master set was like what, 200 what was the last one we had ultimate masters. Yeah, I think, I think it was around, around 200, depending on, like, some of them got pretty cheap on the secondary market. Some of, like, the, the bad ones that Masters they did at one 25. point, like, Iconic Masters. Right. And, yeah, <laughs> those were, like, 125 bucks, I think, at one point, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, this, this already alone has more mythics that I actually want than Masters 25 and Iconic Masters. So, uh, I, I think it's, I don't know if this is because it's catered towards EDH or something, but, like, I, I definitely love it. And, like, that's, that, alternate art mana crypt is like something i need in my life along with blight steel colossus i don't know if i 500 dollars need it but like <laughs> I, I do i do i do like it <laughs> and if it happened to get opened i wouldn't be upset right like <laughs> i mean i think for me the big thing is just having master sets back is a big deal like People have been needing more reprints. That's been a big cry. We've seen that a lot with Fetchlands, a big outcry from the community that prices are getting too high. We've seen some crazy price increases of Commander cards, even just recently, like cards really shooting up in price. I didn't realize that Blightsteel was like almost a $100 card before they announced this reprinting. Like, when did Blightsteel become a $100 card? So we definitely need reprintings, and Master Sets are one of the best ways to do that, and it's going to be really interesting to see how this all shakes out, though. With the, the bigger set size in 40 Mythics and 121 Rares, I think that's going to mean that prices of individual cards probably won't drop as much in the, the hit on the value is going to be spread out over a larger pool of cards. But the good news is that means a lot of cards are going to get cheaper for players. So uh, I have high hopes for this set. I think that Wizards is probably going to try to really pack it full of, uh, of value and make it fun to open. Almost like we saw with Mystery Boosters, I think Wizards is more comfortable putting more value in sets if they have that larger set size because they know it's not going to just absolutely tank the value of a handful of cards. Instead, it spreads that out over a bunch of cards. So I expect this to be a really strong set. The only downside is, uh, what do you think about the the price? Let's let's go with $300. Let's assume that that's what it is. I've also seen like $16, $17 a pack uh, on Amazon if you're buying like single booster packs. What do you think, like, is that... Is that too much for players? Like, are we getting to the point where people aren't going to buy it just because they don't have $300 to spend? I mean, maybe because where we are right now, I would I would have to second-guess the $16 price tag. But, like, before, like, you know, we were, like, with, with the, before the whole lockdown and everything, like, I mean, my LGS was selling, uh, like, the, the Liliana Master set, right? The, like, the one that did have Fetchlands in it at, I think, like, 
20 a piece and people were buying those instantly. Uh, and so like they just couldn't keep it in stock and it was sold out. Right. And I mean, I guess it's also worth mentioning that in some sense you're getting two boosters for the price of one, like oh, two yeah. rares and two foils. Like when you open a booster pack, most of your value is coming from rares or foils anyway, and not the random like commons and uncommons. So you are going to get more value out of these theoretically than a traditional booster pack, even a master's booster pack, because you're getting double of the best stuff in the pack every time. Like that, that is, that is true actually. Yeah. You are getting double the amount of things. So that kind of, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm interested in it. It like comes down to what's in the rest of the set, right? Cause if it's, if it's just like these five cards and then the, the rest of the set is like, I don't know, like a bunch of homunculus, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, I, wow. I'm not going to be. Fibblethip <laughs> is not amused. Yeah, Fibblethip is not pleased, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm going to be a little upset by it, but I think right now, just from the five cards that I've seen, this set seems like it's going to be more than, uh, like more than worth it. Like between like, I like the five cards that we've seen right here. I don't like those promo cards. Can you get those in booster packs or are those box so, toppers? So those are box toppers. If you, I don't believe you can get them in booster packs. I, I'm not a hundred percent on that, but I believe they're box toppers that you can't get in booster packs, but you will get two box toppers if you buy a box as well uh, as part of the double masters theme. So that means like, cause like there's no, there, like I guess. To be honest with you, I don't think there's a single one of these box toppers that I don't want to open, right? Like, like I uh, well, I mean, last remember, that right remember, <laughs> yeah, remember, yeah. we're only five cards into the set, and there's oh, a lot more rares and oh, mythics. Oh, to oh, go, they're adding so. more box toppers, like because I have a one in five chance of getting this yes. mana crypt here. So, like, that's what yes, I'm, there's gonna be more box toppers announced. Yeah, Jace the Mind Sculptor box topper, please. <laughs> uh, no, like, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe that's famous last words, but as of right now, when this is revealed, the five that I'm looking at, they are great. I will take any copy of these cards. I may not be huge on the art of doubling season, but I'll take all of it. I, I think every this set, as of right now, looks like it's going to be more than worth the price tag. Yeah, so the most exciting thing for me is non-foil Atraxa. Uh, this is the first non-foil printing. If you want a card that's flat and it's called Atraxa, this <laughs> you is your like one chance to get it. So we're getting non-foil versions of presumably other commander cards too. Uh, what's confusing is this commander masters or like why are all the cards commander cards will we see non-commander cards what is going on we're gonna have to find out more but as of right now the five cards they previewed uh, maybe blightsteel is a non-commander card but they're heavily what? focused on commander blightsteel is the most commander card right like i think all uh, of these are very commander. vintage you can play it in vintage or something uh is it a oh. companion i don't know no uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but is this like this Commander Legends? Like I, I don't I don't know what's going on. We gotta see more previews. Are we gonna oh, see Tarmogoyf in here or something? Or is this exclusively Commander focused? We uh, still have yeah. that Commander Legends. Yeah, and that's why I'm surprised. <laughs> like this this is like a crazy set, and then also have Commander Legends. Like w Wizards is about to answer like how many EDH decks is too much, right? Like how many <laughs> Commander decks. Can one person own? Because they're just shoving commander cards down our throats. So as long as we keep buying it, they'll just keep printing them, right? So I'm okay with it as long as like Mana Crypt just go like goes down in price. Cause that is a very expensive card. Uh like like all these cards I think are, are pretty crazy. Like I, I got a Blightsteel Colossus. If I didn't have one from New Phyrexia, I probably wouldn't buy one. <laughs> 
right? Like I think <laughs> out of the cards we've seen so far, I think Calia was the least valuable, and even Calia was like forty or forty-five bucks before before the reprinting was announced. And doubling seasons like sixty-five, Atroxa was like sixty, Mana Crypt obviously ridiculous. So every single card we've seen so far is a high value card. Of course, there's a ton of cards to be revealed, so who knows what things will look like. But I I actually have high hopes for it. I. I'm a little concerned that we're going to see complaints just because people, 300 is a lot in an absolute sense for some people. So I feel like this is going to be another product where I look at it and I'm like, oh, like the EV's good. This seems like you're going to get, you know, if you spend $300 on a box, you're going to get $350 worth of value or something. So to me, that looks like a good deal, but it's easy. Uh, something I learned, I guess, is it's easy for me to forget sometimes that not everyone sees it that way because I thought the same thing about like the Fetchland Secret Lair Drop. Like, oh, you know, you spend 200 bucks and get 275 bucks of cards. That sounds like a good deal. When a lot of people look at it from the other way, where like $300 is a lot to spend on a box of cardboard. So I'm a little nervous that the higher price point is going to lead to some pushback in the community. Hopefully that doesn't overshadow all the good I think the set can do as far as like reducing prices, even if you can't buy a $300 box or don't want to buy a $300 box, you're still going to benefit from cheaper doubling seasons and blight seals and atroxas and non-foil atroxas and, and all that stuff. So I feel like it's going to end up benefiting everyone, whether you actually want to splurge on a $300 box or not. I mean, you, I, you get I know, double the comet storms. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, comet storm, storm and storm star storm. <laughs> Yeah, those are your box toppers. You get box topper tree, <laughs> tree redemption and comet storm. And that is that's where the Ron Howard voice comes in. And Krim was not happy with his box toppers. <laughs> like I, I do think though that there's one more thing that is uh, always good to mention when it comes to like the value of these master sets is that like they they temporarily lower the cards, right? Like every master sets. That, like that I, I've seen it's it's been a lowered price cost temporarily like, like snapcaster at a point I think dropped to like 40 but then it went right back up after a while right like after the set was out for two months so we'll see how long the the prices like stay lower for uh with the set but usually I just always look at this as like modern goes on sale for like three months so so like maybe maybe the same thing happens here blight steel all of that they go like these cards they're cheaper for the time being so try to like if if you have it i would get the i would get into it while the, the set is out and in circulation yeah that is that is a good point even though prices will drop they uh will likely not stay long that's traditionally what happens with these master sets so try to take advantage of it when you can it is also just like unfortunate timing i think yeah with, with the economy and the pandemic and just it, it's a tough time for people to invest a lot of money so the timing's unfortunate but i am super happy that master sets are back because i really think they are one of the best ways to get more uh, high supply you know reprints available unlike stuff like secret lair which serves a, a purpose uh, and i guess maybe we should transition and talk a little bit about secret layers uh, but unlike secret layers master sets actually do increase the supply of cards enough to impact prices so so i think it's a, a good thing to return although i am a little nervous about how many people are going to have the money to splurge on expensive cardboard just right now yeah that's the biggest that's going to be the biggest thing like who can actually afford to pay the additional like you know like it's like a hundred bucks added on to a box but it is the too rare too furious set so i mean once <laughs> again like that is that's 
like, if we're talking value, it's there. All right, so let's move on and talk about our other big announcement. And this is kind of coming out almost live as we're recording this, but Wizards promised a while ago there was going to be this summer super drop of secret layers, like, uh, kind of like the original secret layer drops, where it went on for several days, all in a row, get one each day type of thing. And apparently today is a preview day for those, because they've been coming out on Twitter. So, Richard, what have we seen so far about these new secret layer drops? All right. Uh, happening in real time. So by the time this podcast comes out, maybe we'll have all five. But right now we have three different drops. Uh, the first drop is birds. <laughs> we have Baleful Strix, Swan Song, Gilded Goose, Dovescape, Birds of Paradise. And as Seth called it, art my grandma would have. <laughs> Once you see it, you will not unsee it. Like, you go to Goodwill, you find, like, some weird cloth with some prints on it, and there's, like, a Birds of Paradise looking at you. Uh, so that's the first drop. The The second drop is Planeswalkers. We have Vraska, Golgari Queen, a Johnny Steadfast, Domri Rod, Raid. I don't even know his name by Ra- now. Raid. Domri Raid. Rod. Rod A. <laughs> Rade, <laughs> Rodeo, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Ta- <laughs> Tavio Field Researcher, Vraska Gagari Queen. Oh, said that already. Uh, and uh, the art style is like, I don't know. They're pretty different. Tamio's art is pretty different. It's like a kind of serious looking. It's like art. Indiana Jones and Tam and like Tamio. <laughs> that that is exactly what it is. And then Gagari Gul- <laughs> Queen Vraska. It looks like. Looks like the Joker or something. I don't know, man. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Like I, I figured confused. it out. It's uh, what's that cartoon with the rabbit? And it was like a oh, lot. Roger, Roger, Roger Rabbit. Rabbit. Oh, yes, yes. You're right. it there does it look is. Like that. Yes. <laughs> and then the other drop we have is I don't know what you'd call these cards, but Spellpierce, Pithing Needle, Ink Moth Nexus, yes. Eternal Witness, Blood Artist, and. Very unique art. I don't know. This how to art is it. my favorite one. It's, it's the a, tattoo art. It looks like tattoo art. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's what, what I thought is. of too. Yeah, yeah. Like that spell pierce is perfect. The ink. Mo- I don't even like ink moth nexus, but that <laughs> looks good. And the pithing needle is like the classic, like you know, knife through the skull kind of looking thing with like floral print around it. Like I, so far, the tattoo art one is the one that I. Okay, all right, you got me. I want it. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> I, I think that's my favorite one, too. I think uh, the tattoo art is probably my favorite one. I don't mind the bird ones, but uh, maybe it's just <laughs> nostalgia for being a little kid at my grandmother's house or something. So, but, and I, the planeswalkers, though, I don't know. I think that's, I think that's the lower tier for me. I'm not really, not really hyped about the planeswalker art personally. I am not excited for the bird one because I don't think any of the birds except for birds of paradise look like a bird you know what i mean like it like <laughs> what they and, all straight up look they're like literally birds <laughs> no, no 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 like 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 they they do look like birds but they i guess the thing is they look very normal <laughs> like yes like it's do. like the, they... the nat geo release like you know what i mean like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and as cool as the birds of paradise is i don't think i'm going for the nat geo theme of like it's like baleful streaks just is an owl right like it's like okay okay <laughs> sure yeah, like the, the planeswalker one though i at least like i think so far i love the tamio i mean the whole indiana jones x tamio collab going on here i'm all about that the roger rabbit Vraska a little different for me but the tamio one might individually sell the set for me oh so so Krim, i gotta ask you well, this is one of those super drops which means you're gonna have the option to on day one 
buy the entire drop of all however many releases there are. Um, do you think that you will do that? Will you take that option, or is this a, a pick-and-choose one? Like, is the tattoo art cool enough that you get the discount and just get all the drops, or do you not want the bird so much that you're going to avoid that and just grab the tattoo one? I think that the bird one is too much of a, of a distraction to me for me to buy all of it. Is this like the first promo that like Krim is not going to buy? I think I, it is. Krim, I, Krim loves his promos. I love my promos, but I just don't like the Nat Geo release. Is it it's swan song. Look at that swan song. Come on. It's a card you would cast. It is a... not. Yeah, I would cast that card, but... I don't know. I mean, like, I, I'm not really in the mood for, for like, that promo th- th- art, right? This, this is Magic the Gathering on the plane of Earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If there, I, like, maybe maybe if we're doing a real-life art style thing, I'll wait for another cycle of, I don't know, creature types or something like that. I, but, like, the bird one just looks too bland for me for me to, like, buy all of it. I love the Planeswalkers one because, like, as as we speak right now, the Domri one popped up, and he's like a cowboy. So, like, that that's <laughs> that's sweet. Like, I would I would pick that up. He looks like Woody. He looks like Woody. Like, I'm I'm on board with it. <laughs> like, and I like I, I like the thing about promos is I want the ridiculous. I want the the wild art from all over. Right. So we've got Woody, Indiana Jones, Roger Rabbit, and of course the the tattoo art like these two sets are looking stellar to me so far so i would just pick up those two all right i want to circle back to seth here seth you're not a fan of godzilla are you a fan of plain looking geese and owls (laughs) are you a fan of roger rabbit are you a fan of tattoos (laughs) like Uh, is this too far are we have we killed the uh what's the word i'm looking for i'm waiting until the next set when they just put, post an actual photo. <laughs> like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, they had a photographer go out and actually snap a photo of a bird. <laughs> no, I, I actually, I, I'm fine with these. Uh, I really am. They're, they are magic IP. Yes, they look like different things. They don't look like normal magic art, but I, I like unique looking promos. I, I mean, some of these I like more than others. I think, uh, the tattoo one is one that I, I really like and I would play those cards. I also would play the bird ones, the planeswalker ones. That's just, I don't know. I don't really care about Indiana Jones and Roger Rabbit and whatever. What? That, like that, that's, that doesn't really, that doesn't really do it for me, but I am perfectly fine with promos like this. And honestly, I actually think this is, as much as there's been some hits and misses with secret layers, I actually think they're one of the better ways for wizards to monetize the game because this is these are more solid drops where these are cards that are already pretty accessible none of these are cards that people have been like oh my god we need a reprint of so we can play modern or commander or whatever they're just like cards with cool art and if they appeal to you you can buy them for a fair price like i i actually think that secret layers while the amount of them is concerning and the fact that they're very close to wizards just selling singles is really weird and a little bit concerning i actually think that this is a a relatively fine way for wizards to monetize uh you know their the game yeah I love it. I'm waiting for my Bob Ross basic lands. Oh, oh boy. Oh. <laughs> this, is, this is what this reminds me of. Like, oh, we're gonna do <laughs> we're gonna do traditional looking paintings? Okay, let's go. I, I use my Bob Ross forest. <laughs> Cast my Gilded Goose. <laughs> oh dude, the next set it'll just be like actually a picture of a tree. <laughs> and, and like a lake for the island. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
I actually would pay for that. I think I would want that. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, I guess we should probably answer uh, some fish mails. Richard, take it away. All right. If you have questions, send them to at MTU Goldfish with the hashtag MGFishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. First question from Wizard. With game-breaking cards and mechanics coming out every set, the feel and gameplay of Magic doesn't feel the same as it did 5 or 10 years ago. When is Magic no longer Magic because it's starting to feel like Hearthstone? It, is it still Hearthstone? I mean, as long as we're interacting, I think I'm... <laughs> right, <laughs> Are like, we interacting? Three Fairy has a word for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, but, but you could still Sharknado, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're still doing things, like, as weird as it sounds, I... <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think we're at Hearthstone yet. But like, if if every set there's a new, you know, Luca into Agent of Treachery, then yeah, okay. I guess. I guess that we, we're starting to move into the realm of Hearthstone. So far, I, I, I do think that there is a huge power bump in Magic, um, and it it shows. And like the 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 explosiveness of some of the decks are just like Luca are just insane like you the games are so swingy like you, you you've seen like some matchups where like some people like some people are just like really far behind and then out of nowhere it's just like oh I finally got that omen of the like of whatever of Heliod and then and now I'm just gonna steal your best card and then ultimate it and then now you're in trouble yeah yeah I, I, I mean I agree with that the swings are real the swings it, are real like I it's not the swings it's it's more like the snowballs I oh, guess. Yeah, the, like both. I, really. I guess the large, the large snowballs, and then Agent of Treachery like makes you take the snowball. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like in the olden days of Magic, right? Like the game wouldn't end, and you could sit there, and you had to work to kind of grind that card advantage. Now, like every card has card advantage on it, and you just snowball out of control. Like the minute you miss a land drop or anything, like you miss like playing like a relevant two drop or three drop, like the game just snowballs totally out of control. So I, I do think that's what's changed in Magic, though. Like, back in the day, if they resolved, like, a Tarmogoyf and started hitting you, you had, like, three or four turns to do something about it before you died. Now they resolve a three fairy, like, you're, you're dead, right? Like, you gotta, you gotta answer this immediately or you're too far behind to do anything. So I, I do feel that has happened. But the most Hearthstone thing is, if you look at Legacy or Vintage, those formats keep changing, like, every set release which uh, just means the new cards are too powerful, right? Like they're they're upending 20 years of magic cards, 25 years of magic cards, like every single set now. So hopefully Wizards notices this and uh, tones it back before it's too late. Yeah, like... Uh, Next question. Beer of Nihilia. Tech against bobble decks. Play all foreign language cards. So when your opponent looks at the top of your car of your library, they have to ask you what the card says. Then you can fetch it away or leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Too far. I already I mean, play all foreign cards. <laughs> I mean, they could probably pull up their phone and look it up if they not want. At to a, not at a tournament. So. Not at a tournament. Uh, or they call can, a judge. Yeah. You have to call a judge the, for every ruling. card. Yep. And... <laughs> But I, but like you know, I I live for that, right? Like <laughs> that that troll factor right there. <laughs> I, I do feel it is an actual competitive advantage, though, because a lot of people will uh, be hesitant to call a judge over. Like they don't want to look dumb, right? Like oh, you don't know that card? Like the art is so iconic, or whatever, right? So like they don't want to seem dumb. They're going to guess what the card does, or like you know, it's like cryptic, but you forgot what the fourth mode does, or something like that, right? Like stuff like that. 
Uh, so I do feel it's an advantage, but I don't know. I, I, it's it's also kind of funny at the same time. Yeah, so, like <laughs> so I I know I don't consider it as bad as like rules lawyering, but it is kind of it is kind of scummy though. Mm. I look at it yeah. more as humorous. Like I I mean, but that's probably because I. I also do it, like, all, I, and, like, the thing is, I do that, like, like I have a, a white-bordered Japanese cruel ultimatum, right? And I, and I casted that, and my, I, <laughs> my, I, my opponent asked, which mode do I choose? And I said, oh, hold on, <laughs> like, I, I get all of it. <laughs> so, so, like, I, it is, it's more of just, like, funny to me, like, and, like, because that's why I love, like, the misprint ashiok uh i love all my f- i just love foreign cards too because i also just love the way like the way the 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 characters look in certain languages but yeah on top of that it's just funny i don't know and when I, somebody does that i mean i think though like if you're playing it to be funny or to troll i think that that's perfectly fine i think i mean i think it's probably fine either way because it's within the rules but i think what about intentionally playing to try to like get I don't know, a higher win percentage against your opponent by taking advantage of them, the social pressure to not call a judge every card, to know what it says. Like, if that, I could see, if that's your attention, I could see how that would come across as scummy. If you're just like, hi, like these cards, and it's, I think it's funny, like, whatever, like, that's perfectly fine. But I do think the other way of playing them, I could see how that could come across as scummy. Like a chalice or something like that, I guess, uh, to try to. How about a dried arbor that looks like the normal land? But like, wait, is there a foreign version of it? Can I get one that doesn't actually say what it is? <laughs> that's, or, or is that that's an English wizards. only product? I think, I think it was from the vault, only right? from the vault. Yeah. Oh, if there was a foreign language from the vault, Dryad Arbor. Oh man, just the forest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the, like the, but isn't it also like a tactical disadvantage in like some ways? Like if you're playing a slower deck because you're gonna run out of time. And you're gonna go to draw, like a draw bracket. If <laughs> that's, some, that's true, right? Like, if they have to call the judge on every single card, what does that do? No, what you have to judge for a time extension. You're like, uh, you, <laughs> will they give you a time extension? <laughs> Why not? Catch you? I don't know how this works. I, Can I, you not get time extension every time judge comes over? I don't think they'll give you a time extension if, if, like, example, every one of your cards is foreign and the opponent has to ask for it, right? Like, maybe, I, I mean, maybe rem- they do, but remember, you're doing this for competitive advantage, so you you have no shame so you would like rush your opponent every time they had to make <laughs> like the board state didn't change at all like what are you thinking about like, come yeah on. but then if i'm <laughs> the opponent during my turn <laughs> like when i'm if i'm the opponent i'm gonna say well you know i'd like to play faster but i also don't know what your cards do so hold on i gotta call the judge right like I, i'm gonna still do that regardless if i don't know what it does <laughs> yeah, because I played against a buddy, and he played like a full play set of like Japanese Apocrysite. I don't even know. I don't. I still don't remember <laughs> what Apocrysite does, actually. So, <laughs> all right. Next question: PG in 4D. If cards like Lures get banned, similar to Hogak and Oko, does the format just fail to ever increase in power level? As Watsi pushes stronger cards, maybe Hogak and Oko won't feel so broken because new cards. To, there are new cards to compete with them. Thoughts. That's a scary thing to think about. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Oko? Yeah, so if you're consistent- Do you remember that bad card, Oko? <laughs> <laughs> if, 
Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to imagine that like Hogak type stuff could ever be bad. Like, do we really want to live in a world where your very consistent through hate card turn two kill deck is just not good enough? Like, <laughs> then uh, then we really would not be playing Magic anymore. Yeah. Like, if we were to the point where Hogak was just like, oh, that's not good enough, then I would be on the. I would just play solitaire, or, you, you or something. Yeah, I just play straight up solitaire. Install that again. <laughs> I mean, and I think that Wizards has been pushing the power level of formats forward. We've talked about that before, like just the mass of new cards that are heavily played in formats like Modern or even Legacy. So I think that, I don't think that not printing cards like uh, Oko or Hogak is is going to be an issue. Like, you can not print those cards, and you can still print plenty of other cards that are going to see play and change formats like Modern or Legacy, but not see playing 50% of decks or something absurd that makes the format, you know, less diverse and less fun. Hogak and Oko is like, and, like, Veil of Summer, those are the cards that I want to, like, say are at the top, like, of power level, and, like, that's... A, I, I don't want to go past that. Like, I, I really, I really hope there aren't cards just waiting to where we actually say, do you remember when we missed Oko? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want that to be like, you remember the good days, right? Like, I don't ever want it to get to that point. So, so like, I, I think right now, if, if you were to ask me, I hope that the power level of magic does not surpass those cards. And then we can all just have a good laugh and a hoot about the days of having everything elked. I'm like, yes, okay. <laughs> Thankfully, those days are behind us. Not, oh, man, I wish those would come back. <laughs> All right. Uh, Secret Lair Break. Oh. A Johnny was released. Oh. Have you seen a Johnny, Krim? No, I'll I have not. You. Oh, wait. This, this has made me want to buy some Secret Lair. Oh, man. A, are a Johnny, you joking me? <laughs> like, uh, this is style. a crossover. It's X-Men. It looks like yeah, Cable. It, it reminds cable. me of, like, like 90s marvels comics yeah or like thundercats maybe like oh this is like super seth doesn't care about any of this what 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 is an x-men is that is that a sport (laughs) (laughs) like like, it's like literally he has like the the badge on him he has like the planes the the plane symbol and the color scheme it just he just looks like dude this straight out of marvel it's cable it actually is just 90s cable it is like this, it. this is so sweet. I okay. So we've got Cable, Indiana Jones, Woody, <laughs> Roger, <laughs> Roger Rabbit. Rabbit. This might be okay. This is looking like a pretty good set, right? <laughs> like I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sold on these promos right now. <laughs> this, this might be my second most favorite magic card of all. Like, what does this card even do? Which Johnny is this? Do I play this? I don't play this at all. It's, oh, it's, it's the a su- bad one. It's yeah. the super friends this, one. This and Liliana Japanese version, I think, are actually straight up my two most favorite cards in magic. Oh, Richard, what about the birds? What about the birds? The new baleful tricks. Birds will come in third. Wait, wait, Seth, are you are you hyped on the birds? I, I don't know actually. Are you are you? Like I actually like the birds. He's I would buy play the birds. For his grandma. I I would play the birds <laughs> in my deck and give them to my grandmother this, this, as a, this is the as chance a birthday to rope present. your grandma into playing magic. So for uh, the holidays, you get like magic cards for Christmas. <laughs> Maybe that's what Wizards is going for. They're trying to break into the old over seventy five age group, which is currently under <laughs> underserved I'm, by you magic. You know, next week on Reddit, the top of it, someone will like make a blanket. With like all of the birds, <laughs> all or of the a birds. cupcake. 
<laughs> Dude, or like the mountain shirts. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> the mountain shirts, like the ones that have like the, like they're like kind of like, they, they look like tie dye and then they have like. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> all right. All right. Back to fish mail. Waiting on renders. Can we all just agree? Krim is a broken player. He loves companions as they literally take over every format. He loves three fairy, even though it ruins the stack. And he wants dig through time and treasure cruise and pioneer. Yeah, but you know what's funny? Like he is dig through time and treasure cruise and pioneer don't even feel broken in there, right? Like that, they feel fair. I I don't know. Maybe maybe because like broken magic to me is like like Oko Nissa Vale of Summer that's broken magic to me <laughs> it's, it's only broken if he doesn't play it well, yeah the three fairy perfectly reasonable no 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 like I, I, I do think that that three fairy is very powerful though. like <laughs> but yeah maybe maybe I just like broken magic I don't know I I it really could just be from Ixalan like like that that, or that one that standard made me so bored out of my mind that it just felt like I was like rolling my face on my keyboard, like every time I was <laughs> logging in. It's like, sure hope I run into the teamer energy mirror. Oh look, I did. <laughs> and and like, what what am I gonna do today? Oh cool, check this out, rogue refiner. Oh better get banned because it's too powerful. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when rogue refiner was the truth and, and like a tune with the ether, all that. Like oh man. That like like that that was that was not the business, and I know that was Kaladesh for, and whatnot. But like like like, what was actually like Ixalan standard like the before like without Ether Revolt and all of that? Like I can't even remember what was in standard at the time, but it was so boring. It was so boring. Uh, the Explore deck. Yeah. The Explore deck oh was good, man. Right? Explore like oh. I, at one point, I remember like on somebody came into my chat and they said Explore and e is like such a powerful mechanic, and I'm like. Is it though? Like I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Like, and, and maybe it's just because yeah, the, that was the I, the wild growth walker play by two drop, gain like a billion life, and it's tar- Tarmogoyf two K eighteen or whatever. <laughs> Krim, do you think you're just biased against Ixalan standard because of Carnage Tire? Like, if I Carnage mean, Tire was not in that standard, do you think you would think of it differently? Even even if it weren't in that standard. <laughs> Yeah, I would still look at it the same way. The power level was so low. It was so boring. You didn't think so? Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I think it was a pretty it was a pretty boring uh, block. I don't really like Ixalan in hindsight. The idea seemed kind of cool at the time, but it was pretty underpowered, like, in general. Although, I do kind of feel like maybe they swung the pendulum a bit too far. They were like, oh, this was really underpowered, so let's just print the most broken cards in the history of Magic all in a row, like, over the next year. <laughs> they hit, so they they hit the went, NOS button, and then they went flying <laughs> into, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might have went a bit too far the other direction to compensate. Could did you watch Fast and Furious this weekend? <laughs> I might have watched Fast and Furious. If you want me to quote it, I, I will. <laughs> you, do you live your life one quarter mile at a time? <laughs> winning is winning, all right? The, <laughs> All right, next question. Oh crap! Now what? Would your companions be weaker if they were actually in your hand? You get thought sees a companion. How much would it affect their power level? Do you think they'd be playable if they were in your hand? Like if you're on the draw, you would discard on turn one if you didn't have a turn <laughs> one play. So do you think they would actually be playable if they were in your hand? Uh, Del, uh, what is it? Dredge got a new toy. Sorry, mandatory. <laughs> Look. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta you gotta win your your die rolls. It would make best of one even swingier. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they'd still be playable. I think you'd just build around them. They would be worse for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, mostly because of discarding. I, I don't think thought seize is actually that legitimate of an argument. Like, I think even if you could thought seize companions out of the exile zone, they would still be really broken. Like that, I, I don't think that's a good argument, but the discard argument I think is pretty convincing. Uh, next question. Vio Halo, with the Godzilla license being used for promos, what other licenses would you like to see? I would like to see Gundam for artifacts and Avatar The Last Bender for five color. Ooh. <laughs> Avatar, that'd be pretty cool. Also, the Gundam idea is pretty sweet. I mean, I, I, I guess I kind of right now got the wish I wanted a Marvel crossover as this Ajani does look like <laughs> 90s X-Men. So, uh, but yeah, I still am put, I would push for Marvel. And, like, I I would love to see, like, a return to, like, Innistrad or whatever, but with more horror-themed things like Freddy Krueger, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Michael Myers and stuff like that. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. I can, I can kind of see that. I, I, I'm not wholly against that. I think I'd like that better than Godzilla's, actually. That would actually be kind of cool. I actually really like the secret lair because it is, A, a Johnny Steadfast. Like, imagine if it was, like, Cable Steadfast or whatever, right? You're like, what? <laughs> so it's the same. It's the right name. It's art in that style. So you could have, uh, you know, a vehicle that looks like in the Gundam style without it actually being a Gundam. And then the one thing I hated about Godzilla is... Like, there are too many of them. Like, there's, like, one Godzilla. Like, why do I have so many different versions of Godzilla, right? Like, I understand there's, like, timelines and different stories and versions, but I would have much preferred it if they had a secret lair and there was, like, one Godzilla card, right? Now I play Godzilla, you're like, which one, right? There's, like, duplicates, so I, I didn't like that part. Uh, but I think if they bring back secret lair things, uh, they can they can check all the boxes, like... Uh, a Marvel themed one or a comic book themed one, things like that. I don't, I don't know what's next. Like, hmm. Gundam is pretty good. Gundam's Voltron. good. I, like I, any I, of the old like mecha stuff would be pretty sweet. I, I'm surprised and like, I mean, I'm actually, I wouldn't be surprised at all, uh, if Transformers was actually a thing we'd see. Right? I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, it's we already, already we already have it. Right? Had those Silver yeah. Border, yeah. But like. Yeah. How long until we just have a non-silver border Transformers? Yeah. Or I or I like to see like real world tie-ins, like artist series, like like birds, no, like no, no. Like, <laughs> like 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 basic lands in the style of Van Gogh, right? Like you see, all you always see these altars on like uh, Reddit and things like that. But I think that would be like super sweet, right? Like iconic art styles, uh, and you know, not not Seth's birds. <laughs> <laughs> I would be all about Bob Ross lands if they did that. Or classic art styles would be cool, too. Like, those would definitely be sweet. Uh, all right. Last question. We have a couple, so I'm going to I'm gonna choose one. Noah Boy 99 I've been playing modern with an Abzan midrange deck. So brave. The new white hate bear and Stoneforge have been pretty strong against companion decks. Would Richard be willing to stream some Abzan and maybe regain hope in black-green X decks? Nope. uh it is so much of an uphill struggle to to play like fair mid-range decks like remember before any of this i already hated like mystic sanctuary like you can't beat that card so layering on companions veil of summer we're not playing thought season tarmogoyf anymore i don't know what would make me play a bgx deck again like all the cards are just bad all of them <laughs> like i don't want to play any of them it's really? like it just feels bad <laughs> uh 
that's that's so sad. Like, it, I I I miss the days of Magic when you could just play a a fair mid range. Like, I was thinking this week. Do you remember that it wasn't that long ago that Siege Rhino was like the four drop everyone was complaining about in Standard, and people were like, "Oh, is it too good? Is it dominating the format?" And now it's like Fires of Invention wins the game, Winota wins the game, Wilderness Reclamation. Like we have a whole list of four drops that just win the game when Siege Rhino it like drains you for three and puts a like semi big but not big as creatures we see nowadays body on the battlefield. It's it's really amazing how much things have shifted away from that style of Magic in a really short amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tarmogoyf. Tarmogoyf needs a, a power bump. Tarmogoyf <laughs> needs to enter the battlefield, make your opponent discard their hand, their entire hand. <laughs> and then for each non-land, they take three damage. <laughs> and then each land you draw a card. Like, we just need Kroxa without, like, any of the downsides. Just, like, a two-mana 6-6. Six, six. <laughs> and then the bolt and the discard every turn. <laughs> Even that, no, that's, that's no, good no, enough. You, you, what you mean is is you want Kroxa, the Kroxa side, but instead of them choosing what to discard, you look at their hand and pick. Yep. <laughs> and then you still lose to their companion, since it's not in their hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just too many... I don't know. Fair, you can't play fair magic anymore. And uh, Blood Moon used to... Uh, this is weird. Blood Moon used to be the savior of fair magic because, like, you lock them out of their game plan and then you do your fair magic. But even now, with Astrolabe and things like that, you can't even Blood Moon people. So I don't know how you, like, drop, like, a three mana 4-4 four, four, or 5-5 five, five, and then, like, attack four turns and win. I don't know how you do it in modern anymore. It's, like, not possible. Uh, all right. That's all the time we have for Fishmill this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions, you can send them to at MTGGoldfish with the hashtag MTGFishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 278 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Grimm, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Spikes Academy for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about whatever goes down in the world of magic. So until then, have a wonderful week. And this is the crew signing out.